Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the CX Huddle podcast. I'm your co-host, Daniel, joined along with me uh, as my friend, Dolores. Um, and together we are joined by Rainy, um, who is joining us from Zendesk as a, oh gosh, Rainy, what is your title? I'm a senior operations manager for the customer success team. See, it's like a whole, like everyone's title is like so different. And then I would have totally forgotten the senior part of it. So this is why I had to ask that. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Really excited to have you on. Yeah. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And this is um, just, you know, we're continuing our series with the CX Careers podcast. So just really kind of opening up things and showing people the different types of career paths that are possible within CX. So um, do you want to just talk a little bit about your role? Because I know it's relatively um, new and something that you've been like really spearheading and like really championing in on. So like, can you just like open up and define a little bit more of what your role is and what you do? Yeah, I sure can. So in my operations role, so um, I fall into customer success under the practice team. And really what my role is chartered to do is to help the team um, grow our practice and strategy, build playbooks. Um, one of the big things that we've been focusing focus in on is implementing Gainsight to um, enable our team to be more effective um, in our workflows and really scaling out our customer success strategy and um, ultimately helping improve our retention rates and growing that uh, customer lifetime value with all of our customers. Sweet. So, Randy, I know that at Zendesk, that that was a newer role, right, especially for the scale team. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, how your job differs from I guess, general CS to, and how it applies to like the scale teams, like what, what functions are different? Um, what perspectives do you have uh, given your, your experience in scaled? Does yeah, that sense? That's a really good question. So I see it as instead of me being work, me working directly with customers, I now work. Um, so you, you guys, your the, our internal teams are my customers. I'm helping you be the most effective at your job and providing tools and resources so that we can provide outcomes, value-based outcomes to our customers. So that's where I see the difference is I'm giving the team the tools to do your job the best and successful way that you can. So like, okay, so I'm going to like do a quick follow-up with this one. So you mentioned that you're internal, like your, your customers are all internal facing. Was that like, um, what's that experience like? Do you, do you prefer to work more with like internal customers? Is it the same to you? Like, is it, is it a completely different ballpark? Like for people that work in, you know, CX right now, they might only have customer facing roles, but they might not realize that they can also have internal customer facing roles. So like, is that a completely different ballpark? What's that like to have internal facing customers? Yeah, it's definitely different. And prior to coming to Zendesk, I've had internal facing roles. So I've had that experience before and it is different, right? Because um, you're, you're on the team that can empathize. Like I can empathize with what you and Dolores are going through. You guys can empathize with like kind of the, the challenges that, um, you know, that the operations team goes through because there might be some data discrepancy and gaps that we need to go through. Um, and whereas when you're working with a customer, they don't know all the insides, right? They're just like, Hey, we have a problem, fix it. Whereas, um, you know, on an internal operations side, I think there's a little more empathy because we're trying to make your job easier. Um, and, and the same with external customers too, right? Like we're trying to make them 
um, you know, heroes within their own team with our product. But I think there's a little more transparency on like what actually goes on behind in, in the kitchen. Um, and also I think from an internals perspective, I think I have a little bit of lev- uh, insight too, because I was in your role. So I can advocate on your behalf on like, what is it going to work like if we adopt new tools? Uh, what are some things that we should think about when we're enabling the team? Because we've seen how, you know, other things have been enabled and how like some, some misses and some successes that we can continue to carry on. So how long would you say, um, so that was my follow-up to that previous question, but my new question is how long do you th- felt as though it took you to get up to speed within this role. So again, transitioning from that customer facing role that's external to now starting up and spinning this up, like how long would you say it took Rainy to get up to speed for it? (laughs) That's actually challenging because, you know, when I came onto this role, um, we had like a similar kind of operations, but um, a little different in charter. But uh, when I came into this role, we, a big project of ours was to implement Gainsight. And so that was a whole beast to learn about, to be a part of. Um, so to be honest, like, I think it was like a solid, like good six months. Cause we were learning a brand new product for the team, how it was going to work. Um, and also the team was brand new. So trying to figure out internally, like what projects we work on, what is our charter? What do, um, we support as a team, um, for the rest of customer success. I think every day too, like it's always a learning experience, to be honest, like, you know, working with cross-functional teams, definitely learn about how those teams work. Um, so I would say every day is an experience, but I think it took like a solid, like six months to kind of get in a rhythm. So I think it's really interesting. You, you sort of referenced uh, your, your role before um, your current one as a scaled CSM. So talk to us a little bit more about that. Cause I think you have a, a really interesting sort of journey to how you you got to where you are now. So before ops manager, what did you do? Yeah. So I've been with Zendesk for now over three years. Uh, for the first two years, I was in um, a CSM role, customer facing, had a big book of business similar to you guys, and was working with customers. Um, and then prior to that, I was at a startup, a really small startup, 40-person company for a health tech organization and was an implementation manager in that role. So my background is like, it's kind of, it's falls within um, customer success, but I feel like compared to other people, I might've had like a later start in the tech world. Um, my first job out of college was at a nonprofit financial company helping small businesses get loans. And in no way was it technical at all. Um, and I think what happened, what was like the turning point for me in that career was I attended a Dreamforce conference and there was like 50,000 people there. And I was so amazed and inspired by what technology can do for companies to automate and scale and really grow companies. And after that, I was like, okay, I like, this is my jam. I need to like, look at whether, what other opportunities there are. Um, and especially in, I'm located in Madison, Wisconsin, and in Madison, there's a lot of like health tech startups. And so that really caught my eye. Um, I had recently gone through like some personal like health stuff with family. And so like getting into that world was really intriguing to me because I wanted to be part of, you know, helping people, patients 
And I thought tech would be a great avenue to do that. So while we're talking about, about your past, um, let's talk a little bit about education. So really interested in, you know, what schooling you had, um, if you have any degrees, just like what, what was that experience like for you? Yeah. So, um, I got my degree in customer or consumer science. So it was really based in, in marketing. And, um, a lot of the things that I learned in, in college were like consumer advocacy programs, which is funny, um, because now I'm in customer success, but uh, so nothing technical at all have no like computer science. Uh, what is also interesting too, is I remember going to a guidance counselor early in my, like my, my first or second year of college. And I did this assessment and that guidance counselor was like, you know what, you should take computer science. You are really technical. You're really good at computers. And I was like, oh no, I don't want to do that. That does not seem interesting to me. And I like totally navigated away from that. I found that piece of paper uh, last year from my mom's house because we were cleaning her house out because we were moving. And I just thought it was so funny because I reflect back and I remember like that time where I was like, no, this is not interesting to me. And here we are full circle and I'm in tech, um, not doing computer science, but in, in definitely in tech and uh, working with customers. So I just think it's funny how, you know, things things come full circle and, you know, and, and there's different stages of life where you find things that are interesting and where things lead you down the road. So I love the fact that like, there've been so many people that have come on to our, our podcast series here between Dolores and I, and like, I know Dolores's background with the nonprofits. I know that we've had a few other guests that have worked in nonprofits. I didn't know that you worked at a nonprofit as well. So I think we just kind of have this trend. Apparently people that work in nonprofits also just benefit and flourish within the tech industry. So for anyone listening, if you do nonprofit stuff, like, I mean, we're your people, apparently. Um, that's awesome and great though. So like, so kind of speaking to then, so, you know, you had your guidance counselor kind of talk about, you know, Hey, kind of pointed you in this direction. What is the direction that you could point someone now that you've kind of lived that experience? And like, I don't know who our audience is necessarily, if we have a whole bunch of people that are younger or if there's people that are just like looking for that motivation, what could you recommend to them to get into an operations type role? Like what would they need to like know or do, or maybe some skills that they'd have to possess? Like, what would you say to someone that wants to get into it? That's not there yet. Yeah. Um, so I think a couple of things, one, it's about relationships. When you're in an internal role in operations, you're working with a lot of different people, a lot of cross-functional teams. So, um, relationships, communication, making sure that you have, um, you know, that in place and also looking at internally at yourself and identifying what are things that you like in a job. Do you like building out processes? Do you like um, helping teams identify what are issues within current workflows um, to help fix? Um, I think also being agile too. In the operations role, your hand is in a lot of different jars, buckets, projects. And so being, um, being agile too is really helpful in this role. And also, I know there's, you know, one thing too is having a little grit too is really important. Sometimes like, you know, you're working on a project and 
sometimes it doesn't go as well as you expected. And I talking with other operations managers, it's like, it's, it's hard to hear that feedback, but, um, it's what helps you kind of like get through some of those like bigger projects and, and learn from that and, you know, take those learnings and make the next project successful. So we're talking a lot about, um, what you currently do and how you got into this role. Um, but there's a whole other side of that. There's of that work-life balance. Um, we know that you have two kids, two little nuggets, um, a partner, like, how do you, how do you balance that? You're responsible for sort of operationalizing a lot of things at work. You're responsible for myself, for Daniel, for a bunch of people to make sure that we, you know, do our jobs and, and able, we are able to do them well. Um, so how do you sort of turn off? Um, how do you find that work-life balance? Yeah, I think it's something that I'm still working on. And I have a great partner with my husband that I'm able to, you know, work a little longer if there are some days. So there definitely communication in that aspect is really important to do and, and have clear like boundaries. Um, something that I learned is like making sure that you're setting up clear boundaries from the start. And I'm still struggling with that. Um, and, and being vocal and being like communicating with your managers and with your peers on what you can and cannot do is really important. Um, it, it's tough being a parent with kids and, and being in like the, the workplace. And of course, so now with like being remote and having kids at home all the time. So it's definitely a challenge and a struggle. And I think there's going to, there's like ebbs, ebbs and flows with work-life balance. There's sometimes where working a lot and there's sometimes where there's like, you know, a lull period where you can take a break. So yeah, it's definitely working on that with your partner and communication and, and yeah, doing that together. So just to like kind of spin it up a little bit. So obviously you have kids and whatnot, and this is a really open-ended question. Um, but I feel as though there's going to be like some really good ones, you know, Brian, Brian was on here. We were talking about, um, some Brian isms that Brian used to do and whatnot. Um, but like, what's one thing that like really makes you like nerd out, like outside of work, you know, rainy at home or out and about, like, what's one thing that you just absolutely love to do and is maybe nerdy, or maybe it's not nerdy. We've had gardening, we've had a whole bunch of different things. What would be, what would be yours? Wait, I'm going to jump in and say that you, you can't mention anything about soup. So you soup? have to choose oh, a different on, nerd Dolores. thing. Oh, we'll probably have to expand on that now that you mentioned it. So give us that answer, but then expand on the soup thing. So our listeners aren't completely confused by that. Yes. Yeah. They're like, what, what the heck is on with soup? Um, what do I nerd out about? Is it sad that I can't even remember during the pandemic what I nerd out about? Um, I think what I can answer is what I find joy and what I get like my energy and power from is hanging out with my friends and family and yeah, I think like that is something that I prioritize and that I value a lot in my life. Okay, now you got to explain the soup thing. Okay, soup thing. Um, for all those listeners that don't know, I love soup, like to a point where I've been known to drink soup on a beach in Mexico in 90 degree weather. And it was the most amazing soup that I ever had. Um, yeah, when I'm not feeling good, when I'm... And usually like in airports, I'm not feeling good for some reason. I think I get nervous, but I always hunt down soup in an airport. Don't ask me why. Um, but yeah, love soup and can't get enough of it. 
if the podcast sort of goes in the direction of soup, um, soup expertise, we will definitely have you on to talk about soup in all of its many varieties for sure. Yeah. I, and if people are listening and they want to send me some recipes, please, I'm all for it. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> um, okay. So taking it back to um, your career, because now we've talked about college, we talked about nonprofit, and then now your experience in tech. What has been across all of that? What has been sort of the highlight of your career so far? What are you most proud of? I'm most proud of, um, there's a couple of things. So for me, I'm most proud of getting my job at Zendesk. I think, especially, you know, in Madison, we don't have a lot of tech jobs and Zendesk is a a pretty big one in Madison. So I'm really proud that I was uh, hired on to Zendesk. That's one thing. The second thing is uh, being on that Gainsight team that, or that Gainsight project that I was talking about. It was such a cross collaboration between data, IT, success, um, so many different teams. And at the end, we came out with um, an expedited timeline. We all still liked each other and it was so collaborative and everyone was so like positive during the experience and was just really looking out for one one another. And so I'm so proud of to be part of that team and um, what came out of that together yeah being also witnessing that witnessing you be a part of that project I can definitely say that it's something you should for sure be proud of because that was not an easy lift and you of course rocked it so thanks Dolores good work um well thank you Rainy for being here today uh we definitely enjoyed everything that you shared with us um and I'm sure our listeners will as well Um, If anyone wants to reach out to you, are you fine with them connecting with you on LinkedIn? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Um, Well, Rainy's LinkedIn information will be on the website, uh, csfl.com, and you can connect with her there. Thanks again. Thanks for listening, Daniel. Thank you.